0: Welcome to the 93rd episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner 4Gate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner.
1: And your co-host, Jordan Viner.
0: And on today's podcast, we're talking Maryland's win over Purdue, the Terps landing four-star Nick Cross, and, of course, the non-rev rundown. But before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories you're looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a free, no obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown.
1: Well, to kick things off, as always, the Lady Terps won their 7th straight game on Sunday as they defeated the 20th-ranked Rutgers Starlet Knights, 62-48. to Kayla Charles again led the team with 17 points, going 7 for ten from the field. Solid win, and the Terps keep their lead in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, um, a bounce-back win, because Rutgers is a team that beat Maryland earlier this year. Um, in other women's basketball news, Kayla Charles has also been named to the Naismith midseason shortlist. And Maryland will move on to play Nebraska tomorrow at 8, and that game will air on BTN.
1: Yep, one last note on that team. The Lady Trips are also a three-seed in the selection committee's top 16, which was my guess. That's about right, in my opinion.
0: Um, wrestling... Lost again and got blanked again by number seven Minnesota on the road, forty-five to nothing. They'll come back to host Michigan on Friday, but I mean they're winless on the year. It's just it's been a real struggle.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to think that their season has become futile. They only have three more games this season to try to get that first win.
0: Uh, gymnastics will suit up on Friday in Minneapolis to face the Golden Gophers. Tennis will also play on Friday on the road at Old Dominion. Men's golf will compete against Purdue in the Puerto Rico Classic starting on Sunday. Women's golf placed 11th in the women's Puerto Rico Classic, four spots behind primary competition Purdue. They will compete next in the Moon Golf Invitational in Florida.
1: Yes, I was disappointed to learn the Moon Golf Invitational is not on the moon, but what can you do? Softball will next play in the Houston Classic hosted by the University of Houston. That will take place on Friday with a game against Nicole State. Baseball starts their season off on Friday with a series of games in South Carolina, starting off with Campbell University. The number two number two ranked women's across team will play number four Florida tomorrow. That game's on the road at 7, and that will be on SEC Network Plus, which if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch, which will be in at least Mason and I's benefit, I guess. And last but not least, the number three ranked men's team will play in Philly against Penn on Saturday at 1, directly against... The Maryland game. Or the Maryland basketball game, I should say.
0: Yeah, um... Uh, there. that's just how lacrosse works. It's a Saturday day thing. I, I get
1: that, but it still kind of sucks. I, I'm sure some some of us will try to juggle those two, like you, Mason. But for me, it's going to have to be about the Maryland-Michigan game.
0: So, Melo Trimble signs with a team in Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah, um... To be honest, this does not seem like an upward move to me. I'm not really sure why he did this. Maybe he's trying to get closer to America and get more exposure to NBA scouts. That's my only guess, but I guess he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, it seemed like he had some offers out of some big teams in Europe, and of course he was playing well in Australia. I just really wasn't expecting this move.
1: No, that's that's really my only rationalization is he's trying to get, get closer to NBA scouts. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Well, I, I I he definitely probably has informants like agents and um you know other things going for him, but who knows really why he did this, but as long as it was the right move for him, I'm behind it.
1: As long as he's okay with it, yeah, then go do it.
0: Uh Nick Novak of the Birmingham Iron is the Alliance of American football's first ever special teams player of the week, as he went four for four on field goals in the Irons' win over the Memphis Express.
1: Well, you know your teams now, because be honest, I didn't even know the Memphis team's name. Um, yeah, good. The Memphis. What is it? Birmingham has four trips. Is that what it is, Mason?
0: Yeah, I think so. And the reason why I know the Memphis team name is because it's a play on FedEx.
1: Oh, I just got that. Okay, that's a good name. That's a good name. I'll give them props
0: for that. I got to give credit to Wayne on that one. He's the one that picked up on that.
1: All right, well, on to our first of two main offerings today. The Terps landed top 100 prospect Nick Cross.
0: Yeah, this was big time for Maryland, and especially for Mike Loxley, who has already started his push as the number one recruiter in this area. Of course, Nick Cross, the top 100 guy, the number one player in Maryland, and this is Maryland's first time getting the number one player in Maryland since Damian Prince in 2014, uh, winning cross over Florida State, Georgia, Penn State. Just a big move by Mike Loxley, regardless of the other circumstances that some people, especially the Florida State fans, love to throw out.
1: Like, I don't think that – the Florida State fans are entirely wrong. If you haven't been keeping up, basically what they're saying is that it's kind of murky on who wanted to go to Maryland, and it really seems like Nick Cross himself wanted to go to Florida State. And I don't know if that's true or not. People are acting like they actually know, and obviously, unless you're in a group chat with his parents and him, you don't. So I think that's important to keep in mind. But it remains that Loxley is a great recruiter, and the fact that we got the number one player in Maryland for the first time in so long, both speaks to, A, us not being able to recruit the area like we should, and B, Loxa being the guy to maybe bring that back to the Turps. And it, of course, strengthens the matha to Maryland movement.
0: Yeah, it continues that matha to Maryland movement. Guys like Lorenzo Harrison, Anthony McFarland, um, and many others on this Maryland, both staff with Elijah Brooks now and team with the guys that I mentioned, are from DeMatha. Um, Maryland's been able to recruit DeMatha very well. They're looking to keep that going into 2020 when there are multiple players on our friend Dave Lamonaco's recruiting hot boards that are from DeMatha. It's just such a strong bond between these two. It's more of a bond than Maryland really has with any other school in this area.
1: And, Mason, do you know who the defensive backs coach at DeMatha is? Well,
0: he's not the defensive backs coach anymore. Now he is the defensive coordinator. and That, of course, is former Washington Redskins, Seattle Seahawks, and Maryland Terrapin, Josh Wilson himself.
1: Which is, of course, great for the program. And this also votes, votes are recruiting ranking, I think, in the
0: mid-40s.
1: So, assuming Nick Cross really does want to be here, which I think you can probably still safely assume if he's playing college football, then... This is a enormous win for the program.
0: Yeah, and when people say this, I always think of, what if I were a, you know, recruit with options for college? Or what if you were? Our family would have been a huge part of our decision. Obviously, if Maryland was an option, that's probably where we would have ended up. But it's not only about where this kid wants to go. Or wanted to go the most I don't even want to say wanted to go because I feel like when you're looking at Georgia even though Georgia was eliminated according to sources a while ago Florida State Penn State Maryland that's a ACC SVC Big Ten schools I mean there's yeah sure there are bigger time college football places in Maryland both of which where the other two schools that seems to have come down to. But when someone says, you know, great for his parents, it's a these are family decisions. There's just more to this than where the kid himself wanted to go to the most, and I just think that when it comes down to it, do you does anybody really know the answer to that's obviously no. Or anybody that knew hasn't reported it. So, to me, recruiting means more than just where the player wants to go.
1: Um, that's a statement that I could spend an entire podcast replying to. But regardless of anything else, he's here now. And my, what I want to close on for this section before we get to Maryland's enormous b- victory in basketball is there's um, – for those who follow Reddit College Football, both on Twitter and on Reddit – there is a um, thing called copypasta, which is when usually a hyped up fan will write like an essay on why the program is amazing, and the best ones usually SEC schools. Tennessee, Ohio State, has some great ones even though they're not SEC. But Maryland kind of had their marquee moment today, and I'm just gonna read you what it said. It's not that long, but it's 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 an exciting little thing, and it will be thrown back in our face whatever, something good or bad happens to us on Reddit now, but this is what it says. Loxley now being the CEO is going to mean a lot of high schools in this region. Loxley has tried himself with strong assistance, realized that Maryland at its lowest points meaning last year just went five and seven realize that last year's injury history likely won't repeat itself. Loxley will win a minimum of six games this year. And then watch out folks, the sleeping giant will have woken up. Look at the underarm money we have. Look at Oregon 25 years ago. That's us. A word of warning, recruiting in the DMV has better turned turn into an uphill battle for every school not named Maryland in the DMV. Loxley is unquestionably the, all caps, the most trusted man in the DMV. Look how low the DMV is next year and realize that at least half these guys will going to Maryland. Alabama has an uphill battle in the DMV. Penn State, now you've got an uphill battle in the DMV. Ohio State, uphill battle in the DMV. Recruiting services, now you have an uphill battle in the DMV. would love to see... You drop all the five-star guys, we'll land this year. Look at all the success Lox has had in such a short period of time. Those who don't follow recruiting are going to wonder how we improve the talent in such a short period of time. And Lox, I trust, all caps, all bold, locks it up. And that is from graduation 2017 with an organ flare for those who want to try to find it. Um, If you go to the link for Nick Cross flips from FSU to Maryland, it's it's a pretty healthy way down, but it's hard to miss.
0: I kind of agree with what he said, and it's not, I personally don't think that that's um, a lost statement, a lot about the recruiting being locked down, and half these guys going to Maryland, and the recruiting services have picked up on that, I definitely think they have, and that's definitely a fun thing to say, but you just gotta wait. I know that's that's kind of what you were inferring to before you read the actual piece, but i love to see the hype, and it's definitely there. Um, Something that I noticed last night, Nick Cross was, of course, at the Maryland basketball game. They introduced him on the video board during the Buy Your Season Tickets for Maryland football ad. There might possibly be, from signing day to now, maybe not right now because of the win from last night, more hype around Maryland football than Maryland basketball. Maryland football well, I- has a coach that is really into making this about Maryland, making this about the community. Being, you know, alive is kind of the word that comes to mind with the media being engaged with this area. And Maryland basketball is just not that. And I'm not saying it's on Mark Turgeon, even though. That is the CEO of Maryland basketball. But Mike is just such a figure and just has such a charisma about him that we're gonna own this area. This is our home. Make being a terp cool again. That's what Mike Loxley says. That's why I'm really I'm always into Maryland football. Durkin, Edsall. Sadly. Um I'm always into Maryland football, but right now there's just more and more people that are kind of jumping on this hype bandwagon and it's really nice to see.
1: Alright, well before we move to Maryland basketball for real, um I just want to ask you about some things last night. First off, how was the reaction to Nick Cross being at the game?
0: Uh it was loud as expected. I don't think anything will ever match the Stefan Diggs um uh, Midnight Madness one. But it was loud as expected. You know, there were some of the guys were out there. A lot of the Maryland football players were out there. I saw McFarland um, saw Jayshon Jones, just, they're always seeming to be, Maryland football is just starting to linger around. They're not really in the shadows anymore. They're always out at the basketball games. You just see them around. It's just part of that, part of, I think, what Michael Oxley is really trying to build.
1: And the one more thing before we really move on here is the crowd looked a little bit scant early in the game on TV. I wasn't able to get a good read on how it progressed, how did it go at Xfinity Center.
0: Well, 6.30, as many um, DC figures put out on um, Twitter about this game, it's impossible to get to College Park at 6.30 unless you really are either taking some time off from work to go to the game or a super fan kind of situation like, of course, this house is. It's really hard to get out there for a 6.30 game. Um, The student performance or showing was awful. There was barely anybody on the wall at the beginning of the game, and they're really – I don't understand how that's not a packed student section.
1: Well, I also think the 6, 6.30 time probably didn't help much for that either. A lot of kids were eating dinner and doing homework at that time. Um, also, I don't think fan interest for this team is probably what it should be this season based on how they've been playing. But how was the rest of the crowd?
0: It filled up quite a bit. Obviously, again, the time, you're just really just not going to get a big crowd. That's kind of what you have to face if you're a Maryland Athletics now or if you're a fan that really wants to go to a big-time event at the Xfinity Center. It's 6.30 game. It's just not happening. And that's really – I mean, we knew that, especially after that Nebraska game. I know you were actually at that game. It's just – it's a hard place to get to, and then it's a race 7.30. Halftime is around 7.30 which is give or take about 30 minutes after the regular weeknight game would start. And to a lot of people, they might as well just go home at that point. They, It's not really worth that. That's just kind of what it is. I really don't know what to say about it. I mean, it's a real shame that the game is at that time. And now, Jordan, let's talk about the actual game. But before we do that, this podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Cars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cart to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know they're around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes always friendly, courteous, and honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they are the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301 217 5831 and tell them that the Young Terps sent you. Let's talk about the game now. Maryland beats Purdue 70 56. Jordan, your initial thoughts.
1: Well, my first initial thought in this game, especially early on, is that this looked like a blowout early. Sticks was, Jalen Smith was 0 for 4 early in the game. Carson Edwards was hot. We just could not make a shot and then as the game wore on Mark Turgeon's game plan what he told the BTN guys his game plan was took effect which was we're going to heat up eventually but we can't let Carson Edwards get consistent and the quote I really remember was he said well the BTN guys said that Turgeon told them that Carson Edwards will score 20 points we just have to make sure he takes 25 shots to get there and that's exactly what happened. Carson Edwards ended the game eight for twenty-seven with twenty-four points and three for thirteen from the deep. Darren so and Anthony Cowan both played fantastic defense on him in the second half. And when you stop Carson Edwards, you kinda of stop Purdue. That's really what happened. It was very well played on defense for the Turfs.
0: Yeah, and on Sunday I pointed out my key to this game being those secondary guys. After the game, Bruce told me, you know, those guys always play better at home. If you look at those secondary guys, the guys that you had to mention, Wiggins, Daryl so even in effect to somewhat to an Eric Ayella, even though he's kind of, he's not really the front man, but he's that guy right behind them. And then you look at what Purdue's did. Klein, 3 for 12, 9 points. Eastern, 4 points. Um, Matt Harms, 6 points. Maryland forced those guys for Purdue to make shots, and they didn't. And it must have been, I guess it was Wheeler for Purdue that had about three straight shots, a few open threes, and just missed them all. He ended up one for seven for three points. Those are the kind of shots that you had to make in a game like this to beat Maryland. And Maryland just made enough of them to get out and running and then get different guys open in their offense and just keep playing.
1: Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I'd say if we focus on the second half here, we'll get to the first half, but I actually want to get to the second half first just because that was an epic second half for the Terps. That was one of those classic – it just felt like when you used to play North Carolina and the Terps would just get moving in the second half and all of a sudden they were just on a roll and you were beating the bear team and it was just fun to watch. There were so many moments in that game that made me, in, in my room by myself, just, like, slam my hand on a pillow or scream. The ones that come to mind, of course, are um, when Eric, or Carson Edwards, I still think tripped over himself, but when, whatever the case, when he hit the floor.
0: Maryland Eric negativity Aello, man, Jordan.
1: He didn't cross him up like that, but anyway, I'm trying to be positive here. Carson Edwards fell, Eric Yala bolted by him, passed it Cowan, got it back and hit a three. That was super exciting to watch. That made me jump up. Um, Bruno Fernando dunking over all of Purdue around the five-minute mark. Um, the big one for me was Anthony Cowan hitting Jalen Smith for a alley-oop from half court. It was just – it was so much fun to watch this game. And I don't know what else to say. This was a great, super fun – this was a really, really good win.
0: Yeah, I, I – oh, Say, I know you mentioned North Carolina. It wasn't North Carolina. It wasn't Duke. But I'll tell you something. Maryland fans and Maryland students and the players on the floor between Maryland and Purdue do not like each other. It's kind of on that NC State level for me. And that's because these teams, Purdue and NC State seem to be pretty similar to me. I know NC State back in the day for all you old Maryland fans was the best team And you really hated NC State. But to me, they've been good in the past in my time. But they never won in the tournament. Maryland always seemed to beat them when they were pretty highly ranked. And I didn't like them, but I didn't hate them. That's kind of Purdue to me. I really don't like Matt Painter. I didn't like Isaac Haas. I don't really like Carson Edwards. I just don't really like Purdue. And there are two teams in this league that I don't like. That I really, or three teams in basketball. Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Purdue. So, I'm not saying that they're a Duke or they're ever going to replace a Duke or a North Carolina to me. I don't know about this new generation of Maryland fans that's, you know, just being born or five years old now. But I don't like Purdue, and it was a really nice win because I just don't like Purdue. I mean, and I know that the Maryland players don't really like the guys on Purdue.
1: Well, we'll get into the game and the stats soon, but there's one thing I want to say about that, which is NC State has two championships and Purdue has none. That's the only thing I will say.
0: I said um, in my time. I was referencing my time, Jordan. I know. I'm just. I'm just
1: getting ahead of what some of the people are gonna say.
0: All right. Let's it, let's talk about the game. To okay. Move on from the other antics that were going on. Um. This game to me was about as well as Maryland could play. And I'll tell you how I know that. I'm driving home today to do this show, and uh, I was on the Team 980, which is, I always listen to Doc Walker. I'm a big fan of his. And he says, the Sheehy auto poll of the day is, can Maryland make a run to the Final Four? This isn't Maryland-based radio, this isn't that, it's just DC radio, and that's the question. That's how I know that this was a game that a lot of people look at and say, huh, Maryland's good, huh, I'm going to go out to a game, you know, I graduated Maryland, I'm a proud Maryland fan. And you know, <laughs> today's the day at school or work that everyone comes in wearing their Maryland stuff. And the guys on the floor, guys like Eric Ayella, Aaron Wiggins, and Jalen Smith were your difference makers. I'll start with Jalen Smith, seven for fifteen on the game, missed four threes. It would have been really nice to see him make one of those. Two for two from the free throw line. Only gets four rebounds, but those sixteen points really came in those big moments for Maryland. There's Jordan. Just sometimes with Jalen Smith, I just wanted to jump up and dunk the ball. That's my only real mark against him from about from in the second half when he took off.
1: Yeah, there was the. I think you're talking about that one play where he got blocked on like a layup or something.
0: It didn't get blocked. He yes. went up against a Purdue player, and you just got to take it up strong. You got to go up strong in that situation. I know they work with him, and it, you could actually see the difference. I'm sure you could probably see it better on TV, so you can speak to that. He was going up strong, and then there are just a few plays where he just doesn't do it, and it. There's nothing more that bothers the fans than that.
1: Well, I agree that he could go stand and go up strong a lot more, but considering that Jalen Smith three minutes in this game was zero for five and finished the game seven for fifteen, it showed a lot of people knocking for not being tough enough. But that showed some serious mental toughness to be able to play through that because he started that game off. Colder than it is outside here in North Dakota. He could not just get it through, but he kept playing. He stayed with it. He was pretty solid on defense for the most part, although there's one play I specifically remember where he leaned off as a guy, and he made a three over him. I think it was Ryan Klein. Um, but he stayed with it. He was huge in the second half. He was a huge energy guy for once, I think, not really through his actions, but just for him making shots and dunking the ball. If the Eric Ayala didn't have the game he had, Jalen Smith would be a runaway player of the game for me.
0: I would agree with that. Jalen Smith has to live by something that um, Bubba Fairman said in the press conference the other day, the Maryland lacrosse player. They tell them on the lacrosse team, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. That is what Maryland needs out of Jalen Smith, and that's what Coach Turgeon tells him to do. He tells him, you know, keep playing. Keep shooting your shot. Eventually, it will, it will, you know, go in, and then you'll get hot from that point on. Um, let's talk about the end of the first half. I thought that it ended kind of the way I thought it was going to. It was just an eight-point game. Kind of felt like it. If there was any doubt during this game for you, Jordan, it had to be when Maryland pushed it to. Uh, what was it? A two point game or a tied game? And then Purdue came out and finished the half strong.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, it was not a good feeling. Um, for those who didn't catch it, don't remember. Maryland was winning, or Purdue was winning thirty five to thirty at the end of the first half. And then the last possession of the half, thirty eight to thirty. No, Ryan. No, uh, I was yeah. Ryan Klein hit a three to end the half, which made it thirty eight to thirty, and that was a. It was a bad vibe when that happened. It was not a good feeling. And mm-hmm. it really felt like this game was an edge gang out of hand. But then the Terps in the second half came out yeah. and just punched them in the mouth.
0: Yeah, it seems to be that's how Maryland finishes up the, these halves. Um, It happened against Northwestern. It happened against Purdue. It's happened in other games. They just don't finish out those half strong. And looking ahead when it comes down to a game against a Michigan or an NCAA tournament game or, heck, even a Big Ten tournament game. You got to finish out the half strong and get to the locker room with whatever you had in the first half. You can't let the other team take that momentum into the locker room regardless of how you play in the second half. It's just such a negative. Now, it may not affect these guys, which is really, I guess, who it matters for, but just as a fan or... As a lot of these quote experts that watch a ton of basketball and know basketball, eventually, and I think it did against Michigan State, will come back and will just finish you off because you let the other team finish strong, especially on the road. This one was at home, but on the road, that's makes a completely different game.
1: All right, well, let's uh, get through the roster here real quick. Bruno Fernando, four for four from the field, four for one from the line, twelve boards. Four fouls and twelve points. Felt like more than twelve points to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were definitely twelve big points. Um I really didn't like that Maryland was staying away from giving him the ball in the first half. I thought that he really needed a field goal attempt. But Purdue was doubling, and I think Maryland did it definitely affected them for a while that Purdue was doubling Bruno, but then Maryland worked through that. They were able to start spreading the ball to different places. So I think overall it was a really positive look for Maryland that they got at a team that's going to double Fernando down low.
1: Yeah, they Bruno handled the double pretty well only with two turnovers. He had some trouble finding the open guy sometimes, but I think the game plan was just it out back to the perimeter if he got doubled, which he did almost every play. Towards the end of the game, though, we definitely found sticks for some easy dunks. Stick here we talked about sixteen points, very solid second half. Eric Ayala, we have not talked about, and we definitely should. At twenty eight minutes, five for nine from field, three for seven from deep, two for three from the line, five rebounds, fifteen points. He didn't didn't have a great stat sheet game, but he had a great game.
0: Yeah, he gave it his all. He just he plays bad. He's just that basketball player that a team like Maryland really needs. He's a tough guy down low. He's just, he's such an important piece of this team. And after the game, I think there was a point where 28 points in a row for Maryland was scored by the freshman or something. Some crazy stat like that. Eric Ayella just, one, he hit that shot in the Edwards play that started off Maryland on really their big run. You just gave Maryland some of those moments that you really need to win a game like this, especially one where you're down 8 at the half. Daryl Morsell, 2 for 6 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep. 3 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a couple of blocks, uh, 2 fouls and 4 points. But it was all about the defense from Daryl Morseau.
1: Daryl Morseau is a stopper. That's his job. He kept, he was on Carson Werner for most of the game and covered him fairly well. That's all I can really ask for him. He had a very important job and he did it.
0: Anthony Cowan, 4 for 9, 2 for 7 from 3, 2 for 3 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, 6 turnovers, 12 points. The turnovers I kind of expect, I don't even really want to talk about them anymore. Just a solid game from Cowan. He did some things that Maryland really needed him to do that don't really show on the stat sheet. Obviously, he also switched off on. Taking on Carson Edwards. Solid game from Cowan. I mean, it wasn't the... He didn't score the most points or do really anything of huge note, but played just a solid game. Earlier this season,
1: I called Anthony Cowan a volume scorer, and that's not really true anymore. He's kind of moved into a backseat in terms of scoring, but he's still, in my opinion, an extremely important presence to have on the floor. For some reason, when he's not in the floor, I always feel like the, the wheels are just a
0: confidence less. I don't know
1: if you have the same.
0: I don't problem. think that anymore. There's definitely a time where I would think that, and Mark Turgeon kind of put that in perspective after the game. What you just said he said uh, about the Ayala play. There was a time this season where Anthony wouldn't have passed that ball back. That kind of just shows our growth. That's not the exact quote, but it was near that that kind of explains where this team is going and where this team was they're just they play just a different game now it's just those little things that they've changed you know a pass like that or a play that Cowan doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball up at the end of the shot clock just it might not show great on Cowan's stat line or on I don't know Fernando's stat line but from a team perspective they just keep getting better
1: I would agree with that. That's a fair that's fairly accurate. The team has really grown a lot. Um keep breezing through here. Josh Tomajic has taken on the one minute that even used to have. Didn't record a stat. Ricky As Lindo, I predicted. As you predicted. Ricky Lindo had a tough day at the office. Nine minutes, one missed shot, two rebounds, three thousand in nine minutes is very unacceptable.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a great game from Ricky. Um, there was a time where Fernando went out with fouls, and it was, um, Jalen Smith and Lindo were in the game, and Lindo got a few open looks with the ball, and I just really wanted him to take one of those shots, even though it probably wouldn't have been the right thing to do, but I just really wanted Ricky to shoot it. I believe that, uh, possession ended up in a turnover anyway, so... <laughs> Um, it couldn't have been that negative if Ricky threw one up there. I know he can shoot them. I've seen him shoot them in practice. But it's just not his role. He's another one of these guys that's really just settled down to their role. Uh, Sorrell Smith, six minutes, 0 for 2 from the field. And really, I mean, he got one rebound. He gave Maryland some good minutes. He's definitely a guy that, in this, of course, doesn't show in the stat sheet. When... Sorrell Smith gets out on the court. He kind of stretches the floor. He's really quick. And Marilyn got out and running a few times when Sorrell was on the floor. And it's just it's that little difference. Cause a lot of times, uh, Sorrell Smith will come in for Eric Ayella or Daryl Morseau. And he just didn't score, but just adds a different kind of Speed to the game for Maryland offensively. He's not great on defense yet, but on offense, he definitely gives you some different skills.
1: Yeah, he's a good change of—he's like a change of pace back in the, in football. Is kind of my how I
0: see him. Yeah, I'll t- I would say that's pretty accurate. Uh, last uh, guy on the stat sheet: Aaron Wiggins in 17 minutes, four for six from the field, three for five from deep, three rebounds, assist, steal. Eleven points. Eleven really important points too. The thing that I'll say about Aaron Wiggins in this game was he didn't let the team down when he was out there on defense.
1: I think it's fairly accurate. Yeah, he didn't let the team down. That's kinda what it is. He Eric not Eric, excuse me. Aaron Wiggins, we know can be a defensive liability. He wasn't in this game. In the first half, he made some important shots to keep us in it. He had one really big step-back three when the game was trying to get out of hand for us. And for that, he gets a... I think he gets a pat on the back for that one. He had a good game. But player of the game, Mason, is it Sticks or Ayala? Who's your pick?
0: I will have to take Eric Ayala. I just think he made, he made big plays. And I know Jalen Smith did. But... I don't think Eric Ayala gets the right amount of praise. And I think this game, he was kind of that guy that he might not have made the plays that won you the game, but he definitely made you the made those plays that gave you the lead to put the other guys in a position to close. Because Maryland needed a guard that could do it, that could score, that could be effective to kind of open up Fernando and Smith. And I think that guy is Eric Ayala, so I'll go against what I think or what I would think would be popular opinion and take Eric Ayala.
1: This is a really hard call for me because it was... I gonna have to say Ayala, too, for the same reasons you did. He doesn't get a lot of credit. He had a really good game. He was really solid the entire performance. And that's really the only reason I don't give it to Sticks is because the first half, he was 1-for-7 and 0-for-5 oh in the first few minutes, and he really got into a hole at some point in the game. Granted, he did a lot to get us in the driver's seat, and he gets a ton of credit for that. But Ayala just had a solid day from opening tip to the final buzzer and he earned the player of the game. So our next matchup is one that we've been circling on schedule for a while at Michigan on CBS, CBS or Fox. It It is Fox. All right. My bad. Um, Michigan lost maybe the most shocking result of the entire basketball season so far losing at Penn state, which I, I just cannot believe.
0: Yeah, uh, it was really hard to believe. Um, Michigan's really a top-tier team, and I still think they are. You know, some of these teams take a loss like that. Duke did it last year when they lost to uh, Boston College. Like it just happens to some of these top-level teams. There's just one night where they just don't come out. So, you know, if some things went wrong in this game. I know John Beeline got into it with I think it was the ref.
1: Yeah, was it? he got held back by the ref. It's a really actually funny video if you want to watch it. I'm sure you can find it. I think it's on ESPN. Um, yeah, Penn State beats Michigan 69-75 in Happy Valley. Michigan has now lost two of the last four. This is going... I almost wish they didn't lose to them. Yeah, I was just going to now... say that. Because now I feel like we can win, and I don't want to feel like we can win this game because I don't think we're going to.
0: Actually... I'll say it for the opposite reason. I thought if Michigan came in, they're playing well, you know, they just beat up a really bad Penn State team, but they still beat them by, you know, 40 or whatever, 20. I would think that would set it up for Maryland to make something happen. But instead, they lost this game. Now they're pissed. Now they know that they're really vulnerable. And now they're going to come out and they will beat Maryland down. Now, I hope not. I really do because I hope, I think if Maryland can win this game. Maybe not now, but before uh, the result was known from last night, that Maryland could have made a push to be a top 10 team if they beat Purdue and Michigan back to back. Now I think they'll be number 12 or uh, 11. I just don't think they're going to be in the top 10 if they win this game, but I think Michigan's going to win.
1: Well, if you. I think we both agree that Michigan's going to win. I don't know by how much because we haven't gotten blown out this season by anybody.
0: Well, Michigan State.
1: Even that, we only lost by... Yeah, but...
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll give it to you. The score was not a blowout. When you look back on it next year or in two years, you'll say they lost by 16, not that they got blown out. I think Michigan, Um, um, to wrap this up, I think Michigan comes out. They start off the game really strong. Maryland makes an attempt, a really strong attempt at that to come back, but it just doesn't happen for the Terps in Ann Arbor. I'll take Michigan in this game 79-67. to
1: I have one question for you that I'll give my prediction, Mason. This is a real question. Yes. Do you think Maryland actually has more talent than Michigan does?
0: Yes. Just talent. Is yes. It- 100%, I think Michigan has a really, uh, just a fantastic coach. Now, they haven't really, you know, I know they haven't won the champion. or I don't think they've won the championship with him. I know they made it two times. They lost to Louisville. They lost last year to Villanova. But John Beeline is a fantastic coach. They just, they play well. They spread the floor. They kind of play, I think, Some nights, or the nights that they're hot, they look like an NBA team. They just have that, like, look to them. They have the size, the right sizing, the big men that can shoot it. You know, they're just just that team that I honestly really enjoy watching.
1: I will agree that John Bieland may be the best basketball coach. Actually, maybe behind Coach K. I will say that, and I will get burnt for that, but I will say it. Um, In the country, in college basketball. I'll say Michigan wins this game 78-64. to 64. I'm actually going to say Maryland is going to have – they're going to have a chance, like around the eight-minute mark of the second half, to take the lead or maybe tie it, and they'll miss an open shot, and then it'll get away from them again. Something like that. But I think yep. Maryland can run with Michigan, and if we can keep it as a close game, then I'm I'll be happy. I'm not expecting to win this game.
0: And that will do what – for this episode of the Young Terps Podcast, before we go, Jordan, tell the Young Terps fans where they can find us on Twitter.
1: You can find us on Twitter at youngturp that is Young Turp with the number one. And you can follow Mason on Twitter at Intern Mason.
0: And as always, we would like to thank our sponsors on the Young Terps Podcast, Viner Four Gates in Rockville. if For all of your business IT needs, Viner Four Gates is a place to go. They can also build you a website just like Terptalk.com. You can reach Viner Forgates at 301-251-2900 or on the web at one 1viner.com That's the number one, viner.com. Ally Party Rentals. Jordan, I think you made another statement that might be pushing you towards being the president of the Negative Maryland Fans Club today, but we'll leave that for another day.
1: I was stating a fact. He did not trip him up. He slipped.
0: <laughs> okay. Whatever you say, Jordan, but from a small luncheon in your backyard to the presidential inauguration. Allied Party Rentals has done it all, and they can do your perfect event. You can visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com and Maryland EuroCars. If you're looking for a five-star experience servicing your European car, Christian at Maryland EuroCars is your guy. You can reach them at 301-217-5831. That's Christian at Maryland EuroCars. Jordan, a big game on Saturday at noon, Um, Maryland trying to make it, and now really they're in position to make a push at the Big Ten regular season title, if, you know, a few things fall their way.
1: If things hold form and Maryland beats Michigan on Saturday, they will be in a deadlock with Michigan State for first place in the conference, which of course will actually be behind them because they lost earlier this season, but hey, I'll take it, and that's all I gotta say for this podcast.
0: Yeah, no better place to leave it. Win on Saturday and you're in position to do something great. That's it for this episode of the Young Terps Podcast. We will be back. I'm going to try for Saturday since the game's at 12. And make sure to tune in then. And as always, thanks for listening.